0: Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good morning and welcome to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. As you know, we've been studying through the book of Revelation and finally we got to, over halfway to chapter 12 today. Uh, The title of this message is, uh, Who are the woman, the child, and the dragon? It'll be good for you to have a pen, to take notes of uh, different Scriptures that I'm not going to go into to to read, it'll be way too long, but uh, you can look those scriptures up later to verify what we're about to learn. Previous chapters uh, in the book of Revelation, or the apocalypse, has brought us to the middle of the seven-year tribulation period, which is yet to come. These are all future events and uh, we've learned about the sealed judgments that will surely fall on this earth after the church is taken out, commonly known as the rapture, otherwise known as the resurrection of believers. We're coming near the end of the trumpet judgments, and they're gonna be poured out on the earth as well. During the great tribulation, which occurs three and a half years, in the middle of the seven-year tribulation period. Now, here in chapter 12, the focus shifts a bit, introduces a series of individuals that you are familiar with, that have heard about, because they're mentioned various times in the Bible. So let's read uh, chapter 12, The Woman and the Dragon is the heading. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain As she was about to give birth, then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour the child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. Her child was snatched up to God and to his throne the woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you he is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the desert where she would be taken care of for a time, times and half a time, out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river, to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent, but the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring. Those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus and the dragon stood on the shore of the sea. May God give us understanding of his word this morning. Amen. Lord, we certainly need understanding of this seemingly complicated chapter. And uh, we ask that you would give us understanding and clarity to reveal its meaning and the significance of it for future events. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. amen? Obviously, you know the book of Revelation is full of symbolisms, but it doesn't alter the fact that those symbols are true. Chapter 12, you've just read it, you've, we've heard it. It's full of symbolism, which is commonly found in the book of Revelation. More than any other book in the Bible, which is what appears to be so complicated to understand, which which it is. It talks in verse 1 about a woman clothed with the sun. John plainly said that the woman that is clothed with the sun is a sign. It's a sign. So it's unlikely that it's talking literally about a human being, an, an actual woman. Now this is not unusual because women are often represented and they represent different religious groups in the book of Revelation, different religious systems that we'll learn more about, Lord willing, in the future. It's not uncommon. The woman clothed in the sun is obviously like most, a lot of people, uh, they take scripture out of context and uh, make a religion out of it. Woman clothed in the sun, taken out of concept, associated with many different religious groups. For instance, for example, the Roman Catholic religion claims that the Virgin Mary is the one uh, pictured as the Queen of Heaven. No. Mary Baker Eddy, also the founder of the Christian science religion, cult, if you want to call it that, which it is. Don't send me emails, I won't read them. She said, Mary Baker Eddy, that she was the woman that is clothed in the sun and that her followers are her offspring, okay? No, no. Scripturally, though, the woman who is clothed in the sun should be identified not as Mary Baker Eddy or the Virgin Mary, but the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel, which goes back to the book of Genesis. Now, just follow the scripture. Just don't don't read it and just, you know, believe what you read. Believe what the the scriptures say. And I'm going to prove it's the nation of Israel and not the Virgin Mary, okay? Let's go back to Genesis. Go back to the book of Genesis. Who is this woman clothed in the sun? It's Israel. All right. It goes back to Joseph's dream. Genesis chapter 37. All right. We're going to read it. We're not in any hurry today. It's hot outside. It's cooler in here. For now. Let's read. Genesis 37, if you didn't bring a Bible, there's one in the pew. Verse 5, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, which there were 11 of them, okay, he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. And then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. He said, listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun, note, sun, and moon, and 11 stars, you getting it? The sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. And when he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him. He said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the matter in mind. Okay? Verse 1 again. The great and wondrous sign. It's a sign, it's not a woman, okay? It's just a sign. Appeared in heaven a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon. Under her feet, a crown of 12 stars on her head. This is the nation of Israel. In that dream, the sun represented Jacob. In other words, Israel. Jacob's other name is Israel. Joseph's father. The moon in Joseph's dream represented his mother Rachel, and the 11 stars were the sons of Israel, Jacob, which bowed down to Joseph. In this sign are 12 stars, yes? So it's more than likely that the 12 stars are symbolic of the 12 tribes of Israel. Not the Virgin Mary, not Mary Baker Eddy, or anybody else. In the Old Testament passage, this is why you need a pen, because I just don't have time to read them. I would be here for hours if I did. Old Testament passages prove that Israel is often represented as a woman. Write these down. You've got a bulletin. There's a space on the back for notes. Isaiah 54, 1 through 6. Those that you don't have a perfect memory, write it down. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 20. Ezekiel, chapter 16, 8 through 14. Hosea, chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, confirming Old Testament passage, Israel is often represented as a woman, like Israel is in this chapter. It's a sign. It's not a woman. Verse 3 says, Then another sign, different from the first sign, yes, appeared in heaven an enormous red dragon. So we're asking the question, who are the woman, who is the dragon, and who is the child? All right? I think you know already that The woman is Israel, I hope. If you don't believe it, that's okay. It's up to you. Now we've got the red dragon. Have a guess who that could be. It tells us. Right. In verse 3, the dragon mentioned is none other than Satan. The male child has to be Jesus. You'd agree with that who was born in Israel. He's a son of Israel. Yes, the Virgin Mary gave birth to him, but he was an Israelite, a son of Israel, a Jew. And remember, the woman in this chapter is referring to Israel, not the Virgin Mary, and she wasn't a virgin either. She was initially when she gave birth to Jesus, but after that, she had other children. Tells us that in the Bible, amen? So she's not a virgin, he was initially now the male child has to be jesus has to be jesus because john tells us that he was caught up to god which is a reference to jesus ascension into heaven his bodily ascension into heaven after he rose again from the dead. He was caught up to God, John said. Do I need to go there? Let's go there. How long have you got? If I can stand with a, on one leg, you can sit there a lot longer, I would imagine. Let's go to again. You better write these things down because you're going to forget them unless you tune into YouTube later on. Acts chapter 1, we're talking about the ascension of Jesus Christ. He's called up to heaven, amen? Verse 9. Right. Well, let's, um, let's go back a little bit just to try to get the context. Uh, verse 6. So when they met together, who's that? All Jesus' disciples and Jesus'. He's already been resurrected now, okay? Is it the Mount of Olives? He said, Lord, are you and they asked him, Ah, oh, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? One day he will. He's going to come back. He's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. Not happened yet. And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. He's kindly saying to him, well, you know, you really need to mind your own business. However, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him, from their sight." And they stood there with their mouths open, completely gobsmacked as he just ascended into heaven, a bodily ascension into heaven. Now, verses 1 through 6, John observes that the woman is able to escape, so it's obviously not the Virgin Mary, and flee into the wilderness. The woman, remember, is Israel. Now, Matthew 24, Jesus talks about these future events. And he warns of the coming tribulation that will surely affect, especially the people of Israel that are alive during the coming tribulation period that will be oppressed by the Antichrist otherwise known as the beast. I'm sure you're going to get some headaches after this. (laughs) So you can sympathize with me who's been researching all this stuff. And I don't expect you to get it, but I hope that you do. I hope the Holy Spirit is, is teaching through this message. This is what Jesus said. And it's a warning to the people of Israel during the Great Tribulation period that are left behind. When you see standing in the holy place, the temple is going to be rebuilt. All right. The abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel. Let the reader understand. And let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There'd be no formula left either probably. Anyway, verse 20. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. Talking about the tribulation period, especially the great tribulation halfway through. The Apostle John, he also sees, he observes a war in, in heaven, a war in heaven where another character is introduced, namely Michael, the archangel, who fully casts Satan out of heaven. But there's a war going on between good and evil, from Michael, the archangel, and the holy angels against Satan, the red dragon, and his unholy angels. And they lose, obviously. God always wins. Amen? God always wins. Now this is talking about the fall of Satan, because according to Old Testament books like Job, for instance, the devil, Satan, that old dragon. He enters into the presence of God. Did you know that? Even now, he is the accuser of the brethren. And he did that when he, in Job, in the book of Job. Why don't we go there, just to prove what I've just said. That's before the book of Psalms, if you have a difficulty finding it. Now, this proves that Satan goes into the presence of God and accuses the brethren, like believers, like Job, for example. In Job chapter 2, on another day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with with them to present himself before him, before God. And the Lord said to Satan, "Have you, where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord, from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. And then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. I wish people, God could say that about us as well. There's no one like him. He's blameless, he's upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil, and he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Skin for skin, Satan replied, a man will give all he has for his own life but stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones and he will surely curse you to his face then the lord said to satan very well then he is in your hands but you must spare his life and that's exactly what happened so now we're talking about in this chapter where satan Is no longer in heaven or going back and forth to the earth and causing havoc, which he does. He's going to be completely cast out. There's going to be that war in heaven between Michael the archangel and the holy angels and Satan and his unholy angels. So, this is not talking about the initial fall of Satan, going way, way back before everything was created. Because according to the book of Job, he's still able to enter in and out. This chapter is not talking about past events. When the beautiful angel Lucifer, he lost his original position in the portals of heaven because pride was found in him. He was run. This is referring to the future events when the devil, the dragon, the old serpent, Satan is going to be permanently cast out of heaven, never to return, thrown down to the earth during the second half of the tribulation period, three and a half years. So when the devil is finally cast out by Michael, we're told there's going to be great rejoicing in heaven but it comes with a warning in verse 12 because Satan knows his time is running out and his time is confined to the earth. One day he's going to be cast into the lake of fire. Are you with me so far? But the fact that he's cast out and he loses the war in heaven, this he's, he's so enraged by this, he's going to unleash his fury on mankind during the second half of the seven year tribulation period. And the main target is the people of Israel. If you read that, verse 7 through 12, same chapter. Now we have another character, the Antichrist. We've talked about this in uh, the book of Daniel, verified here. We're going to learn more about him, Lord willing next week, otherwise known as the beast. We read earlier in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus predicted there's gonna be what he calls the abomination of desolation. We've, we've taught on this through the book of Daniel. That happens, there's a defilement in the Jewish temple halfway through the seven year tribulation period The temple's already been built. What is the abomination of desolation? That is when an image, an idol, is placed in the Holy of Holies in the Jewish temple in Israel. That's the abomination of desolation, the image of the Antichrist. Okay? You remember we talked about this? Now, Jesus warns, that the people, he warns the people of Israel, flee, flee, it's going to be terrible, it's going to be as bad as it ever was or ever will be, a time of distress, like nothing has ever taken place on this earth before, we don't have to worry folks, we're going to be taken out, we're going to be with the Lord, this is the ones that are left behind during the seven-year trip, especially the second half, the great tribulation, the people of Israel, so Jesus warns them, Flee, escape, go to the wilderness, go to the desert. He warns the people of Israel, they ought to respond to this abomination of desolation, the persecution of the people of Israel, this act of wickedness by fleeing to the mountains where they will be safe. They're going to be safe. God's going to protect them there. They're going to be given supernatural protection by God, symbolized by the reference to wings, as though they're flying away, getting away from the trouble, like eagle's wings, flying to the mountains where they'll be safe. For three and a half years, to the end of the tribulation period. Now, unfortunately, there's going to be people that are left during that time period that are going to suffer. Again, in the book of Ezekiel, the Old Testament, prophet predicts a coming invasion by a northern army against the people of Israel. And I mean, no doubt whatsoever, that will include Russia. No question in my mind. We'll learn more as time goes by. An invasion of Israel by a northern army. Ezekiel talks about it quite clearly. Again, God protects the woman. Who's the woman? Thank you. With what Ezekiel says is a tremendous earthquake. Again, write this down. Ezekiel 38, 17 through 24. While the remnant is in the wilderness being protected by God, there's going to be people that are left. And they're going to be, these are believers that came to know Christ through the witness of the 144,000 Jewish Christians. So there's, they're going to be Gentiles, they're going to be saved, there's also going to be people of Israel, they are saved that are left behind, that will suffer persecution. Jews, save Jews and save Gentiles. They're not part of the church, but they are believers. And they're gonna suffer tremendous persecution during that three and a half, latter three and a half years. Severe trials of the tribulation. Why? Their faith is gonna be tested. Is it ever? How about you? You're, you're faith tested? How's that working out for you? It's not easy, is it? Not easy being a Christian. It's easy to live like the devil, isn't it? But I tell you, you have to pay the piper eventually. Amen? So severe trials. It's a test of their faith. To see if their faith is truly genuine or not. It's going to be an acid test, you know? Also, in any generation, let's bring it down to us personally. Personal application for us today. In any generation, a Christian's faith will be tested. Have you discovered that yet? Has your faith ever been tested? If, it, if you're not, you're probably not a Christian. Our faith will be tested to see if our faith is genuine or not. When we come through the trials and we can still praise the Lord like Job did. His wife says, and she, he didn't kill his wife because she, he kept her there to nag him and pester him. And she said, curse God and die. And all that he suffered, he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. You read that, read Job and what he had to go through. What he suffered, he wouldn't curse God what a test of faith. We think we're in trouble. We've, we've had problems. What about poor old Job and what he suffered? He never cursed God. He, he, his faith was genuine and he passed the test. This is for us. I know it's getting a little long, but that's okay. If you don't mind, I don't mind. If you want to stand up and stretch your legs, I don't mind that either. I, don't, I really don't. If you, you know, you're getting a stiff leg, just stand up. You know, just don't leave, okay? <laughs> it's okay for you sitting in your lazy boy there in, what, on YouTube. These poor folks have to sit on these hard benches. But at least, you know, bring a cushion next time. I mean, there, are, there is some padding, but uh, some of us haven't got the padding that we used to have. I've lost about 20 pounds. Thank you. Good thing came out of that knee replacement Sorry, jury. So anyway, during this tribulation period, it, it leaves no room for these wishy-washy Christians, so-called professors of Christ, severe trials of the tribulation. It's going to be a test of their faith and ours. Let, let me go back to us. Personal application for us, believer. For the church, you and I, 1 Peter chapter 1, 6 and 7, in this you greatly rejoice. What? Rejoice when I'm suffering so much, when this has happened to me, and somebody that I love, it's happened to them. Rejoice, you have gotta be kidding me. Even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials, aren't we? Won't we be? Haven't we been? Why? Why does God allow it? so the proof of your faith being more precious than gold which is perishable even though tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of jesus christ you all gotta have problems you're gonna have distresses, trials, tribulations within the last couple of weeks. You don't want to hear my problems, do you? Excruciating pain. I'm telling you anyway. Get a sympathy vote. Excruciating pain, knee replacement. COVID. Our beautiful new vehicle. Went off to Hartford. See the MS doctor? Stone cracked our windshield. Dog nearly died this week. Our dog nearly died this week. Our beautiful little furry baby. Almost passed away. Wasn't for Denise giving her water, she would have gone. Had to take her to the animal hospital in Westminster spent numerous amount of money, didn't he? Says I said, How much does it cost how much did it all cost? This medication, this consultant's fee, this vets fee. Jing, 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 jing. I said, how much did it cost? She said, you don't want to know. <laughs> I still don't want to know. <laughs> but she's alive, but pray for our doggy because she's still having quite a number of issues that are not very pleasant, which I will not go into. Her name's Callie. This, yes, I'm almost finished, honestly. Let me just read a couple of other verses regarding these trials and these distresses and these troubles that we experience in life. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4, he said, Consider it all joy. What? Hello? Hello? When you're in excruciating pain, I'm not sure I passed the test. (laughs) I don't think I would have passed. If I was Job, I don't know. But I'm not, so it doesn't matter. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Woo, don't we need that? And let patience have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. First Peter chapter 117 says, Faith that is tried proves its genuineness and results in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Reminds me of that song, It Will Be Worth It All. When we see Jesus, life's trials would seem so small. When we see him, one glimpse of his dear face, all sorrows will erase. What's the next bit? Pardon? So bravely run the race until we see Christ. And we will. It will be worth it all. It will be worth it all. Let me conclude then. It's apparent that the shorter the devil's time becomes, the more furious his rage against God's people grows. Now from this chapter, hopefully, we learn that while some believers in Jesus will be protected or the people of Israel will be from Satan's wrath when they flee to the mountains, prior to Jesus' return to set up his kingdom, other believers will not be protected. They're going to go through tremendous persecution. Some will be beheaded. These are referred to as the tribulation saints. Their faith is going to be tested to see if it will be genuine. And they're not going to deny Jesus. They would sooner give up their own lives than deny Jesus Christ those that are not in place of God's protection will prove their allegiance to God in the face of intense satanic persecution. Now this book, this chapter I should say, concludes with a glimpse of the dragon. That old serpent, the devil, he's standing on the sand on the seashore by the Mediterranean Sea. Now, uh, this is the region where a beast is introduced. And I'll allay any question of who that individual is, and it will be the Antichrist. However, it introduces in the next chapter, Lord willing, another beast. And the question I'm going to leave with you, who could that be? And you don't know. Some of you might think you do, like you think the Virgin Mary was the, the woman. It's not. We're going to have an introduction of two beasts, one of them being the Antichrist, and there's going to be another beast. We will learn more about, Lord willing. And I say Lord willing because I said that two weeks ago, and I got COVID, and thank you, Rick Grant, for filling in for me. And uh, thank you for your patience today, listening to this message. Let's have a closing a word of prayer. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hopefully we've given some insight and some understanding of this uh, symbolic yet true account of what will happen in the future thankfully for believers we're not going to have to go through that tribulation we're going to be taken out so help us to do what jesus told us to do to be his witnesses to be salt in this world to be the light and spread the light the glorious light of the gospel now those that of you are listening to this message or watching by youtube or facebook wherever you are and you're not saved if jesus was to return which you will at any time you're going to have to go through the tribulation period you don't need to and even if he doesn't come back in your lifetime one day you will die and the bible is emphatically clear that you're either going to go one place or you're going to go to another you're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell, separated from God for all eternity. This is why Jesus came, to save you, so your sins could be forgiven. He bore your sins on his body on the cross. He took the fall for you. He took the punishment that you deserve for your sins on the cross. Now, if you deny that, if you do not believe that, if you reject Jesus and God's gift of his son to you, then God will reject you and you will spend eternity in hell and burn in the lake of fire forever and ever. I think you're a lot smarter than that. Call upon the name of Jesus. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and what he suffered for you in your place. Call upon his name to save your soul. And then you'll be guaranteed to have a home in heaven when you leave this world, which you surely will. And we thank those that are listening and watching, wherever you may be, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. amen. Thank you, and God bless you all. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine For Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m., we are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.